I just want for a short time to just um, talk to us all, just in summary, about the theme that we had for this conference. It's been a very powerful conference. I was listening yesterday as Prophetess Mary was, um, was talking about fruitfulness and about pruning. And I was also hearing what Pastor Kathleen was talking about as well, about sacrifice and about altar and about presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice before God. And I just thought, because when I was preparing for the conference, I said to the ladies that there are some things that have happened to me this year that are actually, um, you know, quite pruning for myself, quite pruning and quite um, cutting and slimming down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my god and there's one thing i'll tell you about the lord that i have learned you know we come to jesus from a distance okay we see jesus and how good it is his goodness calls us to himself so we see how good the lord is and we want the lord so we come to the Lord, we believe in the Lord. But I have seen that Jesus, when you come close to him, he's not the same as Jesus from afar. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus too close is actually quite hot. You get burnt. And you, the burning process is not an easy process. So I have seen that there is a difference between believing in Jesus and those ones that he said, follow me. The ones when he said, follow me, there is going to be a pruning there. But believing, we can all believe. We can all go to heaven. But the follow me, are the ones who become like him. The follow me are disciples. Those ones who become like him. Now, because we have such a desire, I want more of you, Lord. And we spend time on our knees praying. We don't even know what it is the more we are talking about. But it just comes out of a, a dissatisfaction that, Lord, I know that there is something. Like, I can be closer to you or I can draw something. I can be, I can be more close to you. Because we follow that desire. When we want to be that close... There is things that begin to fall off, and it's not easy. But it's either you follow that thing that's pulling you forward, and it's painful, and it will pain you and burn you in the process, or you stay at a distance. Are you hearing me, someone? I have discovered that the close Jesus is a different Jesus. He's the one who said to the people, you know, from afar, he fed them, the 5,000. But when they tried to come close, he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. 
he's almost like testing them because he's gonna remain with a few, not with everyone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're gonna have to believe him whether they can understand what he's saying or not. Because what is eat my flesh and drink my blood? But he expects those people to say, we will still stay with you even though we have to eat your flesh and drink your blood, which we don't know what you're talking about. So it's like when you come too close, there is a demand from him to have all of you, not just some. There is a demand, there is a demand. It's like, it's like it's not possible for you to come close to me with certain things. It's almost, it seems as if he's demanding the thing, but it's the closeness that's causing things to begin to be uncomfortable within yourself. Because they cannot be in the same space or in the same place. They can exist from afar, but they cannot exist close. The closer you get, the more you need to decide whether you're going to keep certain things with you or you're going to let them drop so that you can go to that next level that you're looking for. Otherwise, there is no next level. There is a general level and there is another level. There is the believers, but there is the follow me. There is the disciples. I'm telling you, when, people, when Jesus used to say, follow me, there was a price this person was paying. Look, check your Bible. Everyone. There was one, he said, follow me. He said, I need to go first and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. And you are worried because you never went to your family gathering party. Because the Lord wanted you to do something. Jesus said, don't go to your dad's funeral. Not because he didn't want him to go to his dad's funeral. But he wanted him to understand that this follow me thing. It would demand all of you. It would demand everything. It would demand everything. There was another one said, I need to go and say bye to my family. When Jesus said, follow me, he said, I will follow, but let me go. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he had wife. He had a wife. Maybe he had children. And we worry if we have to stay one day, half a day away from our family. Or, but he said, don't even go and say bye, just disappear. Right now, make a decision right now. Don't go get clothes. Don't go get anything. You have me. And I say, Jesus, you're so different up close. It's because he literally, because if, if that's what, if that's, if you want the next level, there is a pruning process. There is a giving up. There is a reaping. There is a reaping off of stuff. It's like he doesn't want anything between his reflection, between his face and your face, between his heart and your heart. He doesn't want anything there. Or else those things cannot exist the closer you come. 
It's like you can have a cup of gold, made out of gold, and then it's decorated with plastic flowers. It can be so beautiful, but just don't keep it close to a fire. Because if you keep it close to a fire, the beautiful flowers, they are plastic. They're going to burn. But the gold will remain. So you have a decision to get too close or to stay at a distance. You make up your own mind. So I don't know that from the beginning of this year, I have had such hunger to just be close, to just, to just pray. I began to break barriers that I haven't done for years when it comes to prayer. That I have tried, but I haven't. But I began to break those barriers or those limitations. But at the same time, a burning and a purging and a... And a job on myself has happened bigger than anything I thought. Because I thought that my prayer life might make me so much of a powerful woman of God. But it actually pruned me, not make me powerful in the sense that you, I thought it was going to do. It actually worked on me, actually. That's all that has happened, just working on me. I don't think I have anything on the outside to show for it. I don't think that I have an anointing to show for it. I don't think that I have anything to show for it, except I know what in here has literally changed. And then the thing is that we think that we have given the Lord everything, but we can never know. He will be the one who shows us what we need to give. Because we, we just don't know what it is that he, he thinks. Because he just doesn't want something that has your heart. The thing that has your heart, he doesn't want that. Because he doesn't want anything between your heart and his heart. He doesn't want anything in between there. So you don't know the thing that is there until when you get close, you begin to see that this thing grabbed my heart's attention. It actually had my heart. You know, the Lord said, where your treasure is, where your heart is, your treasure will be there. Have you seen a man in love with a woman where his treasure goes to? Those expensive rings that you're wearing in your hands. It was that time, that time, that time. Some of you today, if you say, I saw a $2,000 ring, ah, you'll be like, what? But that day he said, easy, where did you see it? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> where your heart is. So if your heart is with the Lord, that's what he wants. You will put your treasure there. It will come with everything. Where your heart is, he wants it with him. Let's read a scripture and then I will just give you some practical examples as well. But I found this scripture amazing. And I said, oh, Lord, I do not know. You give us no choice. You give us no choice because if we want you, we can't have everything else. But it's not like he doesn't want you to have the thing. But there is something he's doing. So it's not like he doesn't want you to have material things, but he doesn't want you to be materialistic. That's the thing. 
It's not like he doesn't want you to acquire wealth, but he just doesn't want to be covetous. He wants to add those things to a pure heart. He doesn't want to add it to a heart that has them. He wants a heart that doesn't have them. And so he wants to add those things there, but not to the heart, to you. But he doesn't want them to touch your heart. He doesn't want those things touching your heart. And I do believe that it's like the Lord is positioning us, Pastor Catherine was saying. He's positioning us, but I, the way that he's, he's, he's positioned, he's going to position people in a pure kind of position where he can trust them with, with things, even with wealth or with wisdom. But it's going to have to be on a pure heart that doesn't think that those things is theirs or is for their gain. So the Lord will start by removing all that so that the person has literally nothing. And then he can add it when the heart is right. Okay, let's read this scripture. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16. It's a uh, rich young ruler. If you know about him. Shalabandurusa talabakai. I'll read from verse 16. Uh, so Matthew chapter 19, from ver I'll read from verse 16. Just waiting for media to respond there. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Okay? And he said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay? This is, Jesus, remember, he's ministering in Old Testament. Now he would have said, believe in me, okay? Receive Jesus, okay? If you want to enter into eternal life. That was the question. So he said unto him, which, Jesus said, well, you know what I'm talking about. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, don't bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother um, and love your neighbors yourself. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Jesus is just saying, you know, you know the commandments I'm talking about. So this man says, I've kept all these things from my youth. What do I lack? So he wants to go next level. He says, how can I enter eternal life? Jesus says, just follow the commandments. The ones that you know. Like now, receive Jesus. How can I enter eternal life? Receive Jesus. So this man says, uh-uh. There must be something more than, okay, just believing in Jesus. Like, am I lacking anything? He's asking the Lord. So the Lord said, ah, okay. If you will be what? Perfect. Or if you want the next level, if you want something more than this, because there is something more, there is something more, in this life that we are living for the Lord, there is something more. So if you're desiring something more than the basics, this is the basics. Follow commandments is the basics. Receive Jesus is the basics. But if you want more, the Lord said, you want more. He said, 
go and sell what you have and give to the poor that you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So eternal life is there. That's the basic part. But if you want more, detach yourself from the world and come and follow me. So follow me is the next level. Detach yourself and follow me is the next level. It's the one that's demanding. This is the one where Jesus is not very nice. In quotes. Because he says it as it is. But he's happy for you to stay where you want to stay if that's what you want. And he's not going to make any demands. He's not going to make too much demands. <laughs> so he says, but when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus, so we know how it went there. Then said Jesus, verily I say unto you, that rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Rich man, a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So before you begin to think that I want you to go home and sell what you have, <laughs> relax, okay? Breathe. I'm not going to tell you to do that. It is not the same for every person. The Lord knew that this man's heart was on his riches. People can be rich, but they don't have to have their heart there. So the Lord was just trying to win his heart, to unhook his heart from the things that he loved the most. He loved these things more than he loved the Lord because he couldn't leave these things to follow the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Jesus was not enough for him to leave those things to follow him. His heart was with those things because when a decision came, whether he can leave them, he couldn't leave them. He went away sad, but he has eternal life. But he has eternal life. But he had come to ask Jesus to say, what else? So Jesus said, if you want more. So this is the problem that we have. We want more. We desire more. Our heart calls for more, constantly calling for more. So when you get there to where you're wanting the more, this is where Jesus begins to say, but... It's going to take you to give me your heart for you to follow me. And that's the next level. Because the next level is becoming like him. It's not just being a Christian is the, is the basics. But being like him is the thing that's a gradual process of yourself being pruned. It's the thing that's a result of pruning. Pruning, pruning. And I'm not sure that even that pruning, I don't know whether there is a person, I think until probably we reach 
the Lord comes, I don't know whether a person can say, I'm fully like, fully like. Because <laughs> remember, he said, a branch that bears fruit, it wants to bear more. It wants to go to the next level. It has to be pruned. But the one that is just bearing little fruit, it can remain there on the little fruit. The one that does not bear is gone. The one that bears little, if it wants more. You know the thing that we say we want more? We want more. So the one that wants more has to get to this confrontation with the Lord. Seriously. Seriously. And they shall always just ever be two groups of Christians. This is very true. They shall always be those who they have surrendered to. Okay, Lord, if this is it, then let it be it. Okay? Just help me. Because with this man, Jesus, says, Jesus said, it's so hard for a rich man to enter heaven. But he said, with God, all things are possible. So it's those people who reach a point where we say, you know, I don't even know what I'm getting myself into. I don't even know how much it is that you want, but with you, all things are possible. You better just hold my hand and just take me to wherever you're saying that we're going. It's not going to be, you can't do it. I can't do it. But it's just a, it's just a deeper call and it's there. And it's there. You know, I... Thank you, Jesus. So, I say to you, it, it doesn't really matter what the result as far as people see. What matters is what the Lord is doing is the thing that matters. Because even if we may look at what we're doing, we think that they are big sacrifices. It doesn't really mean anything. It just means that you had a bigger thing that you needed to drop. It doesn't mean that the one who's got a smaller thing is giving a smaller sacrifice. It just means that your target that the Lord knows has grabbed your heart is big. So sometimes, you know, I can stand here and I can say what has happened to me, but it will just be because I have to, that's what the Lord has to do. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's greater. It just means that that's what had to be done. So I've told you, you all know my story if you've read my book. The first thing that the Lord had to detach me from was my career. Because that one I loved. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong. And in fact, anybody who has a career, go for it. Because the Lord wants people in that business, in, in, in that marketplace. He really wants. And if you're in the marketplace, please, your ministry is so important and it's so big and it's so good. I would, if you came to me, I'll tell you, stay there. Unless really, really the Lord had spoken to you. So it's not that you need to drop certain things. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm showing you a point. 
That's the first thing he needed to detach because I loved that thing. And whenever you, the pain of the separation, when the Lord says, drop that, that pain means that that thing had really caught your heart. Because otherwise, there shouldn't be any pain when the Lord said, drop this, do this. You should just be, okay. But otherwise, the antagonism and the pain and the going to struggle with it and days before you can decide and you can't sleep, all that is the reason why the Lord is targeting that very thing. Because it goes like, for this one, I want this. So that was the first thing. Now, I'll tell you what happened recently. Um, all women, all of us here, we love our clothes, we love shopping. Don't we? If you're, some of you, if your husbands are here, they will say, teach, teach. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong. I love very beautiful things. I love them. I love them. But there was a time when I loved them too much. Um, you know, and I've got a spiritual mother who dresses so nice. And sometimes I'll be inspired, you know, in courts and courts. And um, so there was a day when the Lord said to me, you know, all the things that you love the most, they must all go. All. Not some. All. So I was like, so, you know, the way you, you have your wardrobe and you know that, you know that these ones I like, and most of the times you're waiting for an occasion, okay, when there is this thing that's going to happen, this is my thing, and that is my thing, and I was like that, okay, so, and some of the things I just pick, you know, they're on sale and all sorts of stuff, but very, very, very nice things. And um, some of them expensive. I was waiting for an occasion to happen. It, they had certain levels. And the Lord told me all of those, every one of them. So I started looking and I said, Lord, of, of course this one is expensive, but I don't really like it that much. So I left it and then I went to the next one. But the next day I came back and picked that one because I couldn't sleep because of that. So I'll pack them all in a suitcase and go to Malawi, go to some people here and go to all the... And I, I was saying to, to another uh, person, I said, and some of the things, the people that they went to will never know how much I paid for them because it's in Malawi to, to, to somebody who would never... They will never know. They will never, ever know. Brand, brand, brand new. And then, um, remember last year, I did my book. And when I did my book, it was so amazing. People gave so generously for that book. 
So I said, oh, it's the first book I've ever written, and my, I, I, will, I will buy something that will make me remember my, that this is, this is what I did for the book. So I did, and I was like, oh, I want to go to Malawi to go and launch my book, you know? So I'm keeping that for that occasion. And so when the time came to remove everything from the wardrobes, that was the first one that went. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I had said that time, the Lord was so good to me because I had used some loans to publish my book, but I was able actually out of that time to pay it all off. But there was a trip to Israel that I was able to pay also for two people. So my son said, I'm going. And I said, I'm going. This time I'm going to Israel. And then the Lord said, pay for somebody else. And that's how I didn't end up going there. And that's how, so, so the point was that, not that the Lord doesn't want me to have that, but he doesn't want, he wants when, I, when he says go, it's not yours, it should just go. It should just go, it should just go, it should, it should just go. And it's been, it's been a journey of like that from the beginning of this year, just Everything goes, everything goes, everything goes. And I ended up, uh, I don't think you see me on Facebook. I don't think you see me on any of um, those platforms either. But the thing is that the Lord wants to give those things, but on a platform that is very pure. So today, I'm telling you, if you ever put anything in my hand like this, I'll be asking, whose is it? Because it's, it's, it's just so painful for me to do what I want with it, and the Lord corrects it all the time. Because I will correct it. So imagine if you are, you know, in your own quest, you're saying you want all for Jesus, right? You want to give it all for Jesus. So imagine in your own quest... There's something that women struggle with. They talk a lot, sometimes gossip, you know. Gossiping, talking, talking, you know. It's a very destructive thing. So imagine when you get to a point where you say, I really, really, really want the Lord. So you're going to have to give up that. But the way you're going to have to give it up may not be the easiest way. Because while you are there in a place where the Lord is actually demanding all of you, if you ever go and talk to someone about somebody and you go back to that place, the Lord's going to make you go and tell that person that I talked about you to this lady, about this and this and this. Please forgive me. And you will have to go to the lady who you talked to to say, you know what, I told you a story about that one. I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. How many times are you going to do that while you still keep up the gossip? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about because how long are you going to do that? If, if there is a lie, a habitual lie, lying within you, and you've got to go and undo it all the time because the Lord is too much on you. Because it's burning you. How many times are you going to be able to continue doing 
that thing and correcting it all the time. There is a place where you give it up so that the Lord can win your heart. Because there is, there is a place where you pass that you can't say no to the Lord. If the Lord tells you that what I need you to do in this situation is go and ask for forgiveness, you can't say no. Because you said all for him. I have discovered that this is the most effective way that the Lord can correct us. It's just stay in there, push and be close. And allow him to begin to prune and it's not pretty. And I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is as far as you are concerned. But the thing is, there is a line that you cross. And when you cross that line, what the Lord tells you, you have to do it. Because it's like you have passed the surrender point. So when you pass the surrender point, there is some, a point at which the Lord will tell you, forgive. You know, sometimes you can say forgive. You can preach forgive, but it doesn't, it doesn't really make you act at all. But if you pass that surrender line and the Lord tells you forgive, you're already at a point where you can't say no. And it has to drop even though it's painful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It has to drop even though it's painful. And this is the thing as women, this is the thing that we need. We need to cross that line to the point that the Lord can prune and you can't say no. You need to cross that line. There is a line, but it is away from the Lord where you can have this and the Lord and have this and the Lord and have this and hold on to this grudge and the Lord and hold on to this situation and God and do all these things and God. There is a point where you can do it, but there is a point that when you cross that point, you can't have both. You can't have both. And that's what is, that's, that's all for Jesus. That's all for him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is not enough preaching that can change a person as far as the heart, these hard things. There is not enough, there is not enough exhorting. There is not enough preaching, but they, there is enough fire. Fire, fire is there. Fire is enough. There is enough fire. There is adequate fire very close to the Lord that you cannot resist. And some of the things are so intertwined with you, you will begin to say to the Lord, no, that's not me. When he begins to point, you're like, me? That's not me. How can that be me? The moment you go closer, you can see that it's you. You can see that it's you. You know, even jealousies and strife. And I have seen in the body of Christ, somebody like Pastor Kathleen, she's so powerful that people can be jealous. How can they be so close to the Lord and yet jealous? It's not possible. It's not possible, but it's there. Where is it coming from? People are not too close to the Lord. People are, are far from the Lord because you cross that point. The Lord will make you give her money to go and preach more. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a point you need to cross. There is a point you need to cross. And if you're making, you're, you're telling yourself that I want all for Jesus, you're going to have to cross that point. And you're going to have to pray. And to cross that point, you're going to have to keep yourself in prayer a lot. Pray in tongues a lot. Intensify your prayer life. There is a place that you can stay and not be praying. You still have eternal life. But Jesus said, do you want more? If you want the next level, you're going to have to start there. You're going to have to start there. There is some small, small stripes. I mean, I'm giving an example of Pastor Kathleen. That's a big thing, but there are small, small, small things that happen. And this is not just streams. This is many, this is other churches here as well. Small, small, petty things. You know, this one said this, that one said whatever, this, that, that, that. You know, there is a point at which you cross where those things don't matter. And I'm not saying that it happens today, this very minute, whatever, but I'm saying you can pursue it and the Lord can burn you, not the other person, you. You, and when I'm talking about this, don't even think, hey, this one really needs to go to the fire. I think, I think, I think I know which one. I think I know which one. It's an automatic result of your pursuit for the Lord. So I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to encourage you. It's, it's going to be an automatic result of your pursuit for the Lord that he's going to demand some things. And I do believe that that kind of Christian, the one who is like the Lord, is so important in the days that we are living in. Because there has to be a clear-cut situation. Because before, on this side, there are gray areas. Some people in the world do the same things. Some Christians do the same things, but the Lord still gives them eternal life. You know what I mean? It is on the outskirt. But it's confusing even for the world, that kind of situation. But it's because the Lord is so gracious. But even the world can get confused. Like, I thought she was a Christian. Yes, she is. And she's going to heaven. And then they say, but why this and why that? How can she do this and how can she do that? I'm surprised, you know, sometimes. And I go like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, not in streams, but I have seen, and this is serious, not in streams, but I have seen women of God who's, they're wearing almost half things. They're wearing half, half things. And I, I, I do not understand, I do not understand because it's very confusing to the world. I think all for Jesus means that there needs to be a total separation. And all these questions of saying, how far can I do this thing? How, how much is tolerable to this thing? It needs to go. There isn't anything like how, how much flesh can I show or how much... It shouldn't be that kind of question because there needs to be a very clear difference. We are children of God. Are you hearing?